840 here. So before Richard Spencer became a political activist, before Richard Spencer was in the news, he longed to be a drama director. Right? That was the course that he thought he was on in high school leading into college. So he took a lot of drama classes in, in high school and uh, worked on plays. And I think that's a key to understanding why Richard is such a compelling public figure because he's always carrying that sense of the dramatic that you see with a lot of people who specialize in drama. So you'll also see that the leading yoga teachers right, on YouTube, they tend to almost always have a background in drama and, or in TV production. And so your, your hobby and your profession and your, your goal will tend to shape you. And so I just think that's a useful way. Richard is always trying to make a dramatic statement, right? He is trying to compel your attention and hold your attention and mold you and shift you. And he uses the tools that he learned in drama. And so that's why there's a melodic quality to his voice. When Richard Spencer speaks, it's almost as though he's on stage participating in a musical, right? That He walks up the stairs in his speech. So if you want to make your audience feel happy and excited, all right, you start speaking up, you go up. If you want to make people feel down, then you start going down the stairs with your voice. Right, so you go up the stairs and you fill your audience with hope and excitement. Right? And this is the way that Richard Spencer speaks. He walks up the stairs far more than he walks down the stairs. Because when you walk down the stairs, you bring your audience down. So you'll notice that with broadcasters. I was just reading Roger Love's book, uh, Set Your Voice Free. And he says, a new newscaster's goal is to make negative information sound intriguing, but not depressing. So how do newscasters make all the bad news sound intriguing rather than depressing, right? They look for ways to keep a high-energy, positive sound in their voices. And how do they do that? By the way they punch particular words, making them louder or lifting the pitch, right? So you'll notice with Richard, he will usually be lifting the pitch as he progresses through a sentence. So like a professional broadcaster, right, Richard will end nearly every sentence by either staying on the same note or going higher. Right, Richard's not quite at this professional level, but you'll notice with uh, when he's on fire, about half of his sentences are going up rather than coming down. So notice how that makes you feel when the speaker is going up. Right, they're lifting their pitch. Right, you you feel more energy and more hope and more excitement as opposed to when a speaker is stuck in a market. Regular conversation, most of us drop the pitch at the end of a sentence. And that's why when we drop our pitch, people jump in and interrupt us because it feels like it's the end of a thought and you're not being very interesting or compelling. Right, so when you drop the pitch at the end of a sentence, that releases tension, it lowers the feeling of intensity we're creating. So how does Richard Spencer create such an incredible feeling of intensity when he's on a live stream or giving a speech? Because he will lift his... Right, sustain the feeling of importance that they're building around what they're saying and leave you wanting to hear what comes next by lifting their pitch. Right, and this is not up-talk. Up-talk is when the pitch lifts in the middle of a word, like that, in the middle of a word. Right, That's up-talk. 
But if you keep lifting your pitch, if you go up, right, that's not up talk, right? If you keep lifting with each discrete word, right, you're going up, but it's not going to give people the uncomfortable feeling of up talk. So you're probably wondering, you know, 40, what the hell are you talking about? So let's listen. Like a fucking hundred times. I am so mad. I am so fucking mad at these people. They don't do this to fucking me. We're going to fucking, ritualistically humiliate them. I am coming back here every fucking weekend if I have to. Like, this is never over. I win. They fucking lose. That's how the world fucking works. Little fucking kites. They get ruled by people like me. Little fucking octoroons. I fucking, my ancestors, fucking enslaved those pieces of fucking shit. I rule the fucking world. Those pieces of shit get ruled by people like me. They look up and see a face like mine looking down at them. That's how the fucking world works. We are going to destroy this fucking... Okay, so how would uh, Richard Spencer sound if he was speaking like most people speak? Coming back here like a fucking hundred times. Right, he would sound like, we're coming back here a hundred times. Right, notice how much less excitement there is when you drop your pitch. I am so mad. Right, if you say, I am so mad, versus I am so mad. Right, when you lift your pitch, it increases the intensity, energy, and excitement, which Richard is consistently doing here. I am so mad at these people, right? And you don't even have to increase your volume. I am so mad, right? I am so mad. The pitch is going up and it compels your attention as opposed to I am so mad. And when I say I am so mad, that, that puts you to sleep. I am so fucking mad at these people. I am so mad at these people, right? You got the lifted pitch as in I am so mad at these people. All right, notice that one uh, compels your attention and the other starts to put you to sleep. They don't do this to fucking me! Right. They don't do this to me versus they don't do this to me. Right. This would not be a compelling rant if he was going down in pitch, if he was walking down the stairs as he's going through a sentence. We're going to fucking ritualistically humiliate them! Right. We're going to ritualistically humiliate them. Right, I, I was using too much volume change. All right, we, we want to keep the volume the same, but we want to go up in pitch. We, see, I'm not, as, I'm not as talented and dramatic as Richard Spencer. We're going to ritualistically humiliate them. Right, so there, the pitch is going up, as opposed to we are going to ritualistically humiliate them. N notice the difference in how that comes across. I am coming back here every fucking weekend if I have to. I'm coming back here every weekend if I have to, versus... I'm coming back here every weekend if I have to. Like, this is never over. Like, this is never over versus, like, this is never over. I win, they fucking lose. I win, they lose versus, I win, they lose. That's how the world fucking works. That's how the world works versus, that's how the world works. Right? When you go up in pitch, when you walk up the stairs with your voice, it's much so I've been uh, listening and watching uh, Roger Love. So he's a well-known uh, Hollywood uh, voice coach. So I'll just play Countless speakers back from achieving the impact and recognition that they've been craving.
Hi, I'm Roger Love, celebrity voice coach and best-selling author of Set Your Voice Free. Many people mistakenly believe that only... So notice he's a professional voice coach and his pitch is going up as he walks through a sentence, all right? He's walking up the stairs when he does a sentence that's much more interesting and compelling than going down the stairs. Now, there's nothing wrong if you're a public speaker or a broadcaster sometimes coming down the stairs, but that doesn't grab and hold attention as much as going up the stairs with your pitch, which is very different from going up in pitch in the same word. So if I say, I'm going to the valley this afternoon versus I'm going to the valley this afternoon, right? that's up talk where you lift your pitch in the middle of the word, right? That is disturbing. Little fucking kites! They get ruled by people like me! They're all effing K-words. They get ruled by people like me, right? That's going up in pitch, and that's compelling, as opposed to their effing K-words, they get ruled by people like me. Right? Notice the difference in intensity and the difference in uh, lack of, of compelling melody. So when you... When you understand that Richard is saying these things like he is on stage in a musical, it, it gives you much more of a sense where he's uh, coming from and helps you understand why his public presentation is so compelling. They're all effing octoroons. Right? My ancestors enslaved these pieces of... As in, they're all octoroons. My ancestors enslaved these pieces of... Notice the difference. Fucking enslaved pieces of fucking shit. I rule the fucking world. Okay, notice the difference between I rule the world versus I rule the world. I rule the world. That's compelling. That's interesting. That creates excitement. Those pieces of shit get ruled by people like me. Right, those pieces of dung get ruled by people like me. Right, keeping a high pitch, right, going up and then keeping it high at the end of the sentence, which is what a, a professional broadcaster or a professional drama creator does versus you know, those pieces of dung get ruled by people like me. I rule the world, right? The pitch is going down. You're walking down the stairs. They look up and see a face like mine looking down at them, as opposed to they look up and see a face like mine looking down at them. Notice the, the, the difference in the compelling quality of that statement. That's how the fucking world works. Right, you can say, that's how the world works, or that's how the world works. Right, one, you're walking up the stairs, going up in pitch d during the sentence and keeping the end of the sentence at a high note. That's how the world works versus that's how the world works. Right? Notice how kind of depressing and sad and off-putting it is when people are going down in pitch or just even staying here and are monotone. We are going to destroy this fucking... Right, we're going to destroy this town versus we are going to destroy this town. We're going to destroy this town. Right? Notice how compelling that is. Guys, we're going to destroy this town versus we're going to destroy this town. Notice the difference in how it makes you feel. So there's a 
musical quality to Richard's speech. Like a fucking hundred times. I am so mad. I am so fucking mad at these people. They don't do this to fucking me. We're going to fucking ritualistically humiliate them. I am coming back here every fucking weekend I have to. Like this is never over. I win. They fucking lose. That's how the world fucking works. Little fucking kites. They get ruled by people like me. Little fucking oxaroons. I fucking, my ancestor, fucking enslaved those pieces of fucking shit. I rule the fucking world. Those pieces of shit get ruled by people like me. They look up and see a face like mine looking down at them. That's how the fucking world works. We are going to destroy this fucking town. Okay, so you hear there the product of a lot of drama classes, a lot of uh, dramatic intentions, and you hear the product of a drama background. And that's why Richard Spencer is always in the middle of, of drama, right? Drama comes from his genetic makeup, but then the culture that he assimilated into, the culture of drama, then shapes how his genetic uh, makeup expresses itself. So he both has an inner genetic, psychological, social compulsion towards creating drama. Oh, where's my sound? Yeah, he's developed these psychological tendencies that then start trapping you, all right? Every, everything we do starts to form a habit when we repeat it. So he has trained himself to to operate in, in a very dramatic fashion so listen to him here from a twitter space uh, about 10 days ago tonight i wanted to talk about a rather contentious subject all right so notice he's not going down in pitch so even though this is the beginning right this isn't richard at his most compelling at least he's not saying tonight and then i want to talk about a rather contentious subject. Instead, he's saying, tonight, I want to talk about a rather contentious subject. I guess it's contentious and it's not contentious on one level, and that is free speech. Okay, so this isn't the most polished uh, Richard Spencer uh, production, and you won't get quite as much, you know, going up in pitch as he, he normally does, but at least he's not, you know, clumping down the stairs in, in that sentence. So everyone you know claims to love free speech. So he's in a little bit of a monotone here. He hasn't hit his stride. Uh, particularly if they are American, but not necessarily. Still in a monotone. Um, it seems to be a kind of bedrock value, and it's very hard to find someone who will um, openly discuss. The okay, so here he sees the heroic, the contrarian, and the compelling angle he can bring to this topic. So his voice starts to come alive there. Just the last few words, you hear him starting to come alive when you see when he sees the the path of the hero. When he sees the hero's journey. The problems with... Notice it's going up there. The problems, right? He's getting excited now. That notion. Uh, it's obviously enshrined in the First Amendment of 
the U.S. Constitution. And since we live in an Americanized world, it has traveled around the world. So yeah, he's expressing disappointment, but not just expressing disappointment. He is feeling the disappointment in his body. So he's, he's rather down here. This is not how Richard Spencer normally sounds. And most new constitutions that you will see will pick up on the American notion of free speech. Um, that notion of free speech, even in the First Amendment, I okay, so it's starting to come alive here. I think should be looked at more closely. And even here, just as he's warming up, looked at more closely, at least he's not doing what would normally happen in a conversation, which would be looked at more closely. So he's not going down the stairs. So he's not climbing the stairs as much as he does when he's at his most compelling. But at least he's not walking down the stairs. And the, the reason why I'm doing this, I guess the intention or, or what kind of spurred me to do it really, um, was some contemporary problems that we have with speech. Speech is everywhere. It inflects our, or infects, you could say, our lives more perhaps than at any other point in history. And there's a kind of... Okay, so now he's just starting to go up a little bit, right? The, the excitement is just starting to show itself. User-generated interactive quality to it. Uh, you can't get away from someone yammering on a TV. Right. So if this was normal day-to-day -day speech, you would hear you can't get away from someone yammering at a TV. And if someone said that to you and you're at all interested in the topic, you would then jump in immediately on top of them. But Richard is too polished for that. He says you, you can't get away from someone yammering at a TV. And he keeps that pitch and that excitement level much higher than you would find in normal life. He brings a dramatic quality to his speech, a dramatic, melodic, musical quality. This is starting to sound like a, a performance on a stage in a musical. Whether you own a TV or not, you walk into any restaurant and there it is. Whether you own a TV or not, keeping the pitch high, not whether you own a TV or not, which would be how most normal people would say this. Um, everyone, particularly if you're in this group, I'm sure is uh, to some degree addicted to social media. That right. See here the, the rising pitch. Everyone in this group is to some degree addicted to social media. And that keeps your interest level. It keeps the excitement level high. Includes myself. <laughs> some have it worse than most. I think we should freely admit to that. Um, so it is everywhere. It is different than it was in previous times just we're enveloped in it drowning in it um and it is something that is extremely powerful and that we need to address um one of the a few of the things that motivated me to rethink that value of free speech um are some contemporary issues oh He's not lifting his pitch a lot, but at least he's not dropping his pitch as you would normally hear people speaking. So he's keeping up an excitement level as he's getting warmed up. That we have to deal with. Uh, most recently, 
I learned of a controversy with Kiwi Farms, which I have never visited that website. I have heard of it. Um, my understanding is that it is much like 4chan, a kind of user-generated forum that is anonymous. So is there anyone else on the alt-right who speaks as, as dramatically as Richard Spencer? No one else comes to mind. I mean, Greg Johnson devotes his efforts to writing essays. Richard Spencer devotes his efforts to creating drama on live streams, which he does very well and drama in, in his life. And he is skilled, just like the great uh, gurus on YouTube, the great secular gurus, the great uh, self-improvement gurus tend to have had voice lessons, drama backgrounds, TV production backgrounds, so that they are skilled at keeping excitement and keeping a compelling nature to what they're doing. And you do that by going up, all right? You don't build excitement by going down in your voice pattern. I, you know, enlighten me if I'm incorrect. And it became a cesspool of doxing, bizarre revenge fantasies, lies, um, and what is textbook harassment, effectively. Um, you have a right to go out to the center of town or a city sidewalk and hold up a placard. So a normal person saying these ideas would just start going down the stairway. But even though Richard hasn't hit his peak here, he's keeping up, right? He's keeping up in pitch. He's not dropping his voice, as you would hear in normal conversation. That says, say no to war. Or, you know... So notice the difference between say no to war versus say no to war. Say no to war. It's going up. You're walking up the stairway. Say no to war. Say no to war. Or say no to war, right? Say no to war fills you with excitement. It, it's much more compelling. Say no to war is kind of a downer. All lives matter, pro-life forever, whatever. You absolutely have that right. You don't have the right to harass someone who disagrees with you. You can, of course, have a conversation with them. You don't have the right to endlessly yell at them or at him or follow him home. So you'll notice with vocal fry, that's when people run out of breath at the end of their sentence. So remember uh, Jessica, the, the, the Jewess who I had on my show a lot, there was a lot of vocal fry towards the end of her sentence. She'd, she'd run out of breath. And many other people towards the end of the sentence, they, they, their voice starts to trail off. But Richard is a professional. He's a professional dramatist. And he does not fall into these ills of ordinary mortals. Or loudly shout his address where he lives and effectively urge people to go harass him or even kill him. You don't have that right, actually. And the notion that you somehow acquire that right through the internet is really stupid. All right, so... Notice how that sentence compels your attention. The notice that you somehow acquire that right through the internet is really stupid. He walks up the stairs 
commanding your attention. Unlike a normal bloke who would say, the notion that you somehow command that right through the internet is really stupid. Uh, that's the difference between a professional dramatist and an ordinary bloke. You don't have a right to sell on the internet. You don't have a right to illegal drugs. Right, so here he's really hitting his stride, and notice the rising pitch. He's walking up the stairs with his pitch as he starts to hit his rhythm. That is, You don't have a right to contract a hitman on the internet. The internet is a means. You don't have the right to contract a hitman on the internet, as opposed to you don't have the right to contract a hitman on the internet form of communication it is tubes developed and built by the government you have just as much right to contract with a hitman on the internet as you do on a public sidewalk but there are as on a public sidewalk notice how he rises raises that that pitch level and makes that sentence so compelling many people who don't seem to fundamentally grasp this distinction um, I've noted most people don't seem to fundamentally grasp this distinction as opposed to most people don't seem to fundamentally grasp this distinction. Who is perhaps my least favorite political commentator and someone who is more popular than ever, although he has been in the limelight for about a decade or so, and that is Glenn Greenwald. Uh, he took it upon himself to defend Kiwi Farms. Now, it is interesting. I actually looked at this. Right, and then it goes back to, well, did Glenn Greenwald defend me when I was suffering from deplatforming? So Richard is a professional dramatist, and that's why everything he, he does seems to be filled with drama and I'm is compelling. Like a fucking hundred times. I am so mad. I am so fucking mad at these people. They don't do this to fucking me. We're going to fucking Destroy this fucking town! 